You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. From Jordan Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello. This is the Roundtable Podcast. I'm joined this week by Philip Marshall, Jason Caldwell, and Keith Niebuhr. Guys, biggest game of the of the year of the week uh, so far. Uh, Auburn, of course, still has four opponents in the top ten ranked. But this is the first one. Auburn, no stranger to going on the road and have to face a uh, ranked team so far this season. They've won two of those games. They're 5-0. and oh. Different tests, though, when they go to the Swamp to face Florida this week. Just your initial thoughts on this game and Auburn as a program going to the Swamp for the first time since 2007. Start with you, Philip. Well, it's a, uh, it's always interesting down there. Uh, I've been there a bunch of times and seen a lot of weird stuff happen, and uh, uh, can be it can be very very loud and when they're rolling it's really really loud and uh uh i think it's gonna be a very good test and uh you know i i it, it's a tough call for me to say which way which way to go because they're gonna florida i think auburn is is better than florida but uh the, the boost of playing down there at homecoming and game day and throwback jerseys and all that stuff there's gonna be a tremendous amount of energy I think it's going to be a very, very tough game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's hard to tell. Like I said, I, what we just we don't know is is what we've learned from Florida yet, um, because they haven't played a very good schedule. And and you know, Kentucky obviously not as good as they have been. Miami early on that was just a, a an awful game to to watch the way it turned out. But they've done a good job, and I think Kyle Trask has been a, a really big boost for them offensively and throwing the football. For Auburn, I think it's just, it comes down to a couple of things. Can you can you run the ball, stop the run, and, and avoid turnovers? Because that's where Florida lives. That's where that's that's what they've done this season. And so it's you're right, it, Phil. Though we 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 were side by side at a crazy game in Gainesville <laughs> way back when. Um, Auburn has not had success often with a better team many times in Gainesville and hasn't had success down there. So it's a challenge for sure. You know, it's a it's it looks like on paper a pretty good matchup for for Auburn, quite frankly. I mean, a great defensive line that uh, against a, a Florida offensive line that struggles blocking with the run. So theoretically, that could make Florida very one dimensional. Uh, but they've got a talented group of receivers. I mean, mate, one of the best groups of receivers in the country, certainly in the SEC. Uh, they are, you know, the offensive line that struggles in the run blocking is actually pretty good in the pass blocking. And now you've got a a backup quarterback that's come in and, and played better, quite frankly, than the starting quarterback, and the team seems to have really rallied around him. You've got an opportunistic defense that gets after the quarterback. Um, but, you know, there are some some, some holes there. Um, again, they don't run the ball that well, and they're not great up the middle of their defense. Um, you know, David Reese, a really good linebacker, but is he a guy that can 
can care um, can maybe catch somebody in the middle of the field, and maybe that's not his strength. So they've got a lot of good players. They play hard. Say this about Florida, Miami, and Kentucky are not very good teams, but those were gritty, gritty wins. Uh, the team seems to have taken on the personality of Dan Mullen. We've seen that happen to other Florida teams down there. They play hard. They think they're going to win. It's a tough place to play. But uh, and, and you know, one thing people aren't talking about is they're very good on special teams as well. They're very good. Uh, very good punter. Very good kicker. Uh, solid in the return game. I don't know what the, if the numbers dictate that, but they're, they're pretty good on special teams. And uh, they have the capability of flipping the field. So it's a tremendous challenge. And you guys are right. It's a tough place to play. Uh, probably not as tough as it used to be, but that's because the teams aren't as good as they used to be, quite frankly. Uh, that, it's funny how that makes a big difference. I've been to Tiger Stadium where there was nobody there, and, and they lost by 50 points. And I've been there uh, you know, when it's incredibly tough to play there. So, uh, and it's depending upon what kind of team you have. But it's a good matchup. I just think on paper and with the eye test, Auburn looks a little bit better. Um, but it's, it's going to be a dogfight. I don't think there's any question about that. It could go either way. Yeah, they're expecting one of their biggest crowds in history there uh, this week. It's certainly going to be rocking. And you mentioned that, you know, Florida teams been off and on for most of the last decade since the Urban Meyer era, but um, they've won nine straight games since uh, actually losing to Missouri last season in their homecoming game. And this is a homecoming game for them. And um, I think Auburn players are trying to use that as motivation, even though Florida has been scheduling SEC teams as homecoming for the, the last six years and even before that a couple of times so it's not like it's a slight at Auburn but hey any little thing to get you a little motivated going into this game uh, will certainly work Kyle Trask replaced Felipe Franks as quarterback for Florida after he went down with injury in that Kentucky game um, and has really been on fire as a passer he's completing I think 77.6 percent of his passes um, this is the type of team that uh Based off what is coming out of Gainesville right now, because of Auburn's defensive line, they're going to try and do a lot of quick passes to try and catch Auburn off guard and maybe isolate some guys. But um, if, if I'm Auburn, I'm thinking, well, we got to do what we did at A&M again. we got to have some great open field tackling, and we do that, we'll be okay on defense. Yeah, you look at it, and right. that's right. I think that's that's where this one looks to me. I, I just don't expect Kyle Trask to hold on to the ball a ton and, and try to throw a bunch of deep shots. I think they're going to try to get the ball out of his hands, get the ball on the perimeter, and 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 use their athleticism. And that's been the strength of Auburn so far. This this group has tackled better in, in, at linebacker and in the secondary than any Auburn defense we've seen in a while. And um, That was a key at Texas A&M against a really good wide receiver group, and like it's going to be one of the keys to watch for on Saturday again. You know, it's going to be interesting to me to see Trask because it's, uh, uh, I mean, he, 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 he deserves credit for what he did at the end of the game against Kentucky. Uh, though maybe not quite as much as he's getting because the last touchdown was just kind of a freak thing. He handed it off and Kentucky had everybody masked on line of scrimmage and the guy broke through and read and he really should, should have stopped. He should have taken it. He should have gone down to uh, so the Kentucky yeah. wouldn't get the ball back. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's. Uh, he's seen anything like like uh, like what he's going to see Saturday uh, from Auburn's defense. And uh, as as with Florida's defense to Pat to Bo Nix, they're going to Auburn is going to try to try to get to him and uh, hit him early and often. And uh, and Florida's going to do the same thing. So it's it, yeah. 
I agree with what everybody else said. I think Auburn is better than Florida, but maybe I don't know how much better. And I don't think they're so much better that if they were to go down there and turn it over two or three times, that that would would not really put them in harm's way. Yeah, I mean, know, I exactly. Think, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Keith. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, you know, I, look again. The key is well, we're going to know early on if Florida can run the ball. And they have not run the ball that effectively this season. If they somehow run the ball well in this game, that's clearly a bad sign for Auburn. But if Auburn, as we expect, handles the middle of the line of scrimmage, the middle of the line, and and, and snuffs out the Florida run pretty good uh, and makes them one-dimensional, again, I think that's to Auburn's advantage. But at that point, you have to get pressure on the quarterback. And we've seen Auburn get great pressure up the middle, but can they get pressure on the edge and with four guys? If not, if you have to bring in extra guys, uh, then that makes Florida dangerous because they do have a very set of talented receivers. There's no question about that. So if you're bringing extra pressure because your main four guys aren't getting it off the edge, uh, that that really plays to Florida's advantage. So it's really it's going to be a great chess match. Uh, you know, the Florida defense, obviously, with Todd Grantham, I don't think he's got he's got some good pass rushers, but he doesn't have the tackles, obviously, that Auburn has. So they have to do things a little differently. They have to fly all around. They have to mask some things. And uh, uh, so I think if Auburn can run the ball, and that's probably a good sign as well. I mean, that's obvious, I know. But, again, how well Auburn stops the run, how well Auburn runs, and then ball protection, like Phillips says. I mean, that's going to be so crucial. You know they're going to get after Bo Nix as much as possible. Now, are they going to hit him? I don't know. But if they do, uh, how well is he going to hold on to it? And I can tell you guys that in testing in high school at, at various camps, and, you know, people never think about these things, but Bo Nix tested as having one of the biggest hands among all the quarterbacks in last year's recruiting class. Well, when you're holding on to the football, helps to have bigger hands. I mean, you know, Philip, you've been doing this a long time, right? You don't want you don't want my size hands trying to hold on to it. You know what I mean? well, I, yeah, I haven't seen though having the only. I guess there may have been one other one, but I mean, he got the ball punched out from behind against. Uh, yeah, yeah. Against uh, Mississippi State last week, but as far as like strip sacks, I haven't seen any real tendency for that one. I mean, he's hard to him up, and and and. Uh, it's not even when you do get to him. It's not usually going to be a situation where he's just standing there and you got a, and you've got just a clear running shot at a, I, at, a, I, at a stationary quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to be coming hard after him, but I think that's going to leave the middle of the field open. And I think Brandon you, and Jason, you've both pointed out, isn't Auburn attacking the middle of the field more this year than in past years with the passing game? Yeah, I mean they're using the tight ends a little bit more. You're seeing more slants, um, and then obviously, you know. Um, what we haven't seen a lot of in recent weeks is them running the ball behind the guards, uh, not not necessarily pulling guards, but we've just been seeing that with the guard-tackle combos. But, you know, <clears> running <throat> it behind the center and the guards, and I think you're probably going to see that a little bit more in this game. Um, and you spoke about, you know, Auburn's defense. The strength of the defense for Auburn, obviously, is their tackles inside. The weakness for Florida is the inside of their offensive line. And that is going to be huge for Auburn if they can if they can continually just absolutely wear them down and get to Kyle Trask, disrupt running plays, get TFLs, you know, stop short runs, force Florida to do some things outside that might be outside their comfort zone, and get good open field tackling. Auburn's defense mm-hmm. should do very well in this game. Yeah, I think so. I think it's one of one of the the things to watch. That's why I think that. For Florida, I think you'll see them try to spread it out and use the short passing game as basically an extension of the running game. And they've done some of that already. And they got some players. And I think I think we're going to see 
maybe more than just Lamichael Piron in the backfield. He, he you know, the the Alabama native, and he's going to have a lot of a lot of incentive to play his best game of the year. A kid from Theodore. Um, but you look at this team, and there, there's some other options back there. Maybe some guys with a little bit more speed, and I think try to get those guys on the edge is something to to that could play a factor in this game. But you're right. I think Keith, you mentioned the using the middle of the field. Auburn's done some of those things and done more of it. And with a, an aggressive defense, also comes yeah they create more turnovers, but they also give up some chunk yardage plays too. And we've normally seen when Gus Malzahn has has the ability to have a few chunk yardage plays in a game. Normally Auburn plays pretty well. And to me, if they can get four or five of those plays on Saturday, that'd be a big deal. Yeah, you know, another guy that's really stepped up for Auburn in the Mississippi State game, we started, started seeing more of Eli Stove uh, in the passing game. I think that's crucial going forward. But also, I'm still waiting. You know, Will Hastings had a good start to the season. It's kind of slowed down a little bit here. But his, you know, as much as we talked about his double moves and all that two years ago, I think the little seam routes he's been running have been fantastic and has been a great way to kind of catch opponents off guard in the middle of the field and uh, change things up a little bit. He ran in a time or two against Mississippi State. Um, they Auburn's got a lot of weapons, the most weapons they've had in several years, obviously, in the receiving core. I would argue it's probably the most they've had in the Gus Malzahn era as far as a head coach. Um, usually you got two guys and that's about it. I think this year they've legitimately got four to five players they feel really comfortable with and provide different challenges to defenses, whether it's Schwartz's speed, Eli Stove's elusiveness, and also his speed, uh, Seth Williams being able to do 50-50 balls and go downfield, Schwartz going downfield, and then you know Will Hastings be able to do some things as far as just being a great route runner. So. You know, it's all kind of coming together. We've seen that over the not just the Mississippi State game. Everybody's pointing that game, but really the last three weeks, starting with Kent State, um, you're seeing that all come together, and it's coming together at the right time because boy, they're going to need all of them to step up against this Florida defense. Because you know, from what I've been told and what I've seen, I mean, it's just this is a Florida defense that maybe isn't necessarily the best in the SEC, but they're so athletic, it's almost like backyard football. They go out there and guys just make plays. Um, it's not necessarily being schemed up. It's just that these guys are so athletic. They get to the passer. They can get to the backfield. They're just a, they're just a disrupting defense. Yeah. I don't think they're, you know, they're not going to just slide up there and, and physically maul with people, but, uh, they are, you know, it's interesting about Auburn receivers and you're exactly right. I think it's the deepest they've been there in a while. And that's after really losing two guys last year, uh, Darius Slayton to the NFL, the other kid to, to the uh, that left after four games that uh, they probably didn't expect to lose. So uh, that's a uh, that's become a real strength, and I think their blocking's getting better too. Uh, and uh, Sal Canella is playing like a veteran guy, and uh, so I, yeah, Auburn has answers just about everywhere. I've just been. <laughs> If I, if I just took a blind look at these two teams, I would say Auburn should win. But I've just I've been there too many times and seen too many strange things happen. And uh, so I'm going to take a wait-and-see attitude. You know, Florida is getting two of its better uh, defensive players back, including their, their best, uh, and cornerback C.J. Henderson and one of their defensive ends. That's big news for Florida. They probably could have played last week against Towson, but obviously it was Towson. They wanted to rest them a little bit. 
how do you think those two guys getting back on the field uh, is really going to affect things for for Florida? And specifically, I just look at C.J. Henderson and wonder, hey, do you match this guy up with Seth Williams? Uh, you look at him, uh, to me, you know, C.J. Henderson obviously is a top cover guy. and He gives you the ability to, to do a couple of things. The good thing for Auburn is, is that you mentioned the weapons and you have to pay so much attention to, to Seth and then obviously to Swartz and where he is at all times that you're right, I could see this being a game where he lost over and Will Hastings make some plays down the field. But you look on, on as a pass rusher, Jabari Janiga, um, Keith has seen this guy going back to high school. He's a talented player, and it gives them two legit pass rushers off the edge. Auburn hasn't faced really those type of guys so far this year. They faced more kind of group effort pass rushers. Florida has two legit pass rushers coming off the edge, and you know we've seen those guys bother Auburn at times. And um, we saw them do a little bit more multiple tight ends, putting a loop deal, and and I won't be surprised to see Auburn maybe help a little bit in protection at times to give Bo Nix a little bit more time to allow those guys to work down the field. I think that's going to be one of the, the, the matchups to watch. Well, you know, C.J. Henderson was a guy that, that the cornerback at Florida, great player. It was a guy that Auburn really liked a lot. He visited a couple of times, and I think he picked – I actually think he picked Florida over Auburn, and maybe Miami was the other team involved. I can't recall, but Auburn was certainly in the mix. He's a talented guy, and, uh, you know, they've got a lot of good DBs there. I mean, they, they pride themselves on that. That's one of the strengths of the defense, and it has been for many, many years going back to Steve Tannen in the 1960s, Lewis Oliver and Jarvis Williams in the 80s. So it's always been a strength uh, there, except maybe the 94 game, <laughs> which, uh, which Auburn kind of took advantage of those guys late in the game. But anyway, um, I think the question is, does Florida have the defensive secondary depth to stick with Auburn? Now, that, maybe they do. Uh, but, you know, they had two, uh, they had a, a highly touted signee, Chris Steele, come in and then leave, and he's not there. And that was a guy that possibly could have started, and they had to dismiss another kid. So they don't have as much back-end depth uh, as you would, you know, as they normally have. And the question is, you know, Auburn having all these receivers, who do you concentrate on and who do you not concentrate on? And I, I actually think this is the game that Will Hastings potentially could just have a big-time game because he can get you those yards over the middle when the underneath stuff and he can also beat you uh, down the hashes deep. So I think it's a good game for him. But Florida's got talented edge rushers. There's no question about that. But what's the strength of the Auburn offensive line? Probably the two fifth-year senior tackles, you know, Driscoll and Prince Tega. Now, if Prince Tega is, in fact, a potential first-round draft pick, like some people think, this is going to be a great measuring stick game for him. And he's going to have to, he's going to, have to be at his best. I don't think there's any question about that. But if you can neutralize those rush ends for Florida, you can really do some damage. And I, again, I think Auburn's going to take advantage of that aggressiveness from, or try to take advantage of that aggressiveness from the Florida defense and hit them with underneath stuff. And could we see some wheel routes, a lot more screens, a lot more bubble screens. Um, it's going to be an interesting game, though. But, you know, if the key, one of the keys is obviously trying to slow those down guys. They had 10 sacks against Miami, but remember, Miami started two freshman tackles, Auburn starting two fifth year senior tackles. Uh, you have to think you're going to do better than those guys would do. Oh, you would I think mean, so. <laughs> if, Florida, if Florida gets 10 sacks, Auburn's in a lot of trouble. I, I, I would say that. Yep. I think even three, or, three or four sacks with constant pressure is, is a problem. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, know, you, know, you look at this group, and, and Florida had one against Kentucky. And so they've, they've had that huge game. They still have 24 as a team, but only one of those came against Kentucky. And and you look at start looking at the teams they played, Tennessee, um, 
Miami was at that point, and then the, the two FC, the two you know group of five teams. Kentucky probably the best other team they played that had one <coughs> sack in that game. So that's if you're looking for Auburn, you're going, hey, you should be able to to at least withstand that pressure and give Bo Nick some time to, to throw the football. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. I wonder about Auburn's running game in this. We've seen them running some different things this year compared to even early in the season, especially against Oregon in the first half. Um, some of their, their their gap scheme stuff has just been working better than the zone. Um, and against the Florida defense, what has Auburn got to do to run the ball effectively? To me, it starts – you're right. I think mixing it up. That's been – since the second half of that two-lane game – the the way they they've mixed up. I think JB Grimes and Gus Malzahn deserve a lot of credit for kind of going with a little bit different approach with an offensive line and kind of tailoring things to their skill set. I think we've seen that. We've seen them do it much better. And the last couple of weeks, Prince Tega has, from a run game standpoint, has been as good as he's been since he's been here. And, um, this group's getting getting more physical. They're never going to be 2013. That is going to run for 350 and just knock people off the ball. But I think you've seen them add some things to this running game. To me, the question is, do we continue to see the rotation like we've seen the last couple of weeks? Do they, do they continue to, to move those guys in? And, and does that mean more DJ Williams? Because to me, I think if you're going to start moving some guys in, he's a guy that that, that needs to get more of those touches, um, you know, uh, other than Booby Whitlow. I agree with you about DJ but I bet you're going to see a lot more booby Saturday. Uh, it's, uh, especially if it's a tight game, it, it, it's going to be kind of a, who do you trust thing? And, uh, uh, and you know, I, I think that DJ Williams, from what I saw, what little sample size we saw against, uh, Mississippi state, he looks like he has, he is a guy with, with some real skills. And uh, I just wonder if, uh, if Gus will be able to, uh, to pull the trigger on giving him a whole lot of playing time in a game like this at this point. Yeah. I think, I, I think if, if you're Auburn, you maybe want, again, I, these guys, these coaches have forgotten more than I'll ever know, but you know, if you can, if you can extend that defense wide early with some, some of the end arounds and Bo Nix running and things like that, and make those de- defensive ends in particular have to worry about setting the edge and not just be able to focus on rushing Bo Nix uh, then that that really should open up some gaps. But I, I think that the difference is when you look at Florida and Miami, or excuse me, Miami and Auburn and Kentucky and Auburn, is that Auburn, like you guys have done such a great job pointing out, has been such a strong second-half running team this season when needed. 
And so Miami wasn't really able to do that. They had the one long run in the, in the second half against Florida, but they weren't able to really sustain any running drives. And that's really the advantage that Auburn should have if they can get into a close game. They've been there before. They're used to winning games by running late. So is Florida, by the way, uh, at least in the past, not so much this year. But, um, you know, running, running early, wide, and then to set up to be able to run it up the middle late would be, would be one thing to watch maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch, see if they implement D.J. Williams more here in the future or if, or if not, because I think a lot of folks, including myself and maybe you guys, just think that you know the next best thing to Booby Whitlow is D.J. Williams as an every-down type back, a guy who could run between the tackles. Um, I know Coach Malzahn likes Cam Martin and the way he falls forward, but I think Williams adds a different dimension for them that uh, you know Booby Whitlow also adds, but... You know, Whitlow is not the type of back it looks like that's going to be able to carry the ball 25 times a game and do so consistently and still be, um, you know, fresh. They're trying to rotate guys now and and keep Booby fresh in games like this. And it certainly looks like this is a game, based off just talking to some people, that uh, we might see more heavy sets. And as you guys said, Max protecting for for quarterback uh, Bo Nix. Um, this is a game that's going to be one of the trenches, and they're counting on trying to protect their quarterback and trying to run it up the middle on these guys in Florida and try to break some things on the outside. But I think this is a game that, uh, um, you know, one, it's uh, the best defense Auburn's face, but two, it's going to be a game plan that might seem, um, you know, offensively, it might seem, you know, a little uh, conservative, but I think they're going to be doing it to set some things up, you know, later in the game on offense. Yeah, you know the thing. The thing is hard to know about a guy like DJ Williams. How does how well does he do uh, picking up blitzes and protecting the quarterback and uh, and all the other parts of being a running back other than just running it? And and he, I I don't know the answer to that. I'm not saying that he doesn't do well at those things, but uh, but you just don't know. And uh, uh, I, I'll be. I, I I would uh, if I was a betting man, I would bet that Booby Whitlow gets twenty plus carries on Saturday. Probably, I mean, I'm sure that's that's probably correct. I think I think we all can see it. I think they just need to avoid twenty eight. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. And and yeah. you know, I understand. I agree on the pass protection, but this this also a, a chance where you, you know in a certain situation where you're going to run the football, that's where you right. can put DJ Williams in. Gus Malzahn has I mean he's substituted guys before. This team still substitutes more than. I think even we we thought they would uh, want to be a tempo team, but I think there's ways to get him the football. Um, I think one of the keys to me is is continuing to play guys when you don't give them the football. We saw that early on with Harold Joyner. We didn't see him at all last week. Right. Uh, but 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 when you're putting guys in the game, um, allow them to to get into the flow of the offense a little bit. And of course, we hadn't seen much of that. DJ Williams had had many opportunities to do that, but he wasn't in spring practice, and so. He does know the basics and has now had a couple of weeks of practice time. I'd just like to see him get some of those touches early on um, to allow Baby Whitlow, especially on it. It's going to be another warm day, and it's going to be another day where in the fourth quarter Auburn could, um, you know, I think with, with more depth, have a chance to, to either salt the game away or win the game um, if Baby Whitlow's a, a fresher back. I agree. I agree with you guys. I'll tell you one thing we haven't really – mentioned maybe Brandon you were getting there was I, I do think I do think Auburn's going to have to get some turnovers in this game and create some shorter fields if possible and that's one thing we we saw last week 
but you haven't seen a lot. I, I guess the Texas A&M game, the first series of the second half, but I think Auburn needs to have some of that happen in this game. Cause again, I think they've got a very good punter. He's capable of flipping the field as does Auburn. Uh, but the Townsend kids are one of the special punters in college football. And so I, I you know, there's so many facets to this game. I mean, really it's uh, it's just an intriguing game because it's probably going to come down to five or six plays just like this game often does. I know Philip, you've been to a lot of them. I'm curious, when was your first Florida Auburn game? In, in, in the swamp, the first Florida, the first game I ever actually covered as a sports writer was Auburn and Florida at, at the Cliff Hare Stadium in 1969 when uh, when Auburn intercepted John Reese. They they actually intercepted him ten times, but one of them got called back by a penalty, so it was it was only nine, and uh, and won 38 to 12. That that's the first Auburn Florida Florida game I covered. The first one I covered. In Florida, I believe, uh, oh, me, let me see. It would have been 19, Not a, it was later than you might think. It was uh, 1978, maybe. And uh, I, I don't, uh, yes, it was 1978, and, uh, and Florida wasn't real good. And uh, Auburn had a whole bunch of turnovers and got beat bad. It was. 31 to six or something or 1979, not 1978 or, or something like that. It was 31 to six or some, some such score. And, uh, because that somebody had painted dump, dump Dickie on the, on the field. Uh, well, that would have been 78. That would have been 78. Okay. Was he it 78? <laughs> he, yeah. he did get dumped pretty quickly after that game. So, uh, um, well, that could have been, because it was in Gainesville, which would not have been 78, would it? So, well, I guess it was – well, I no, guess I think, it could have been. Yeah, I think okay. it was. Years. It yeah, was. That's it right. Was. It was even yep. years in, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's the first – that's the first one I covered there. I was uh, I was there when uh, when Robert McGinty, who had basically been hounded out of, out of Auburn after missing the field goal to beat Alabama in 1984, two years later – the only field goal he kicked all season long was a 51-yarder in the fourth quarter against Auburn when I said the football gods had frowned on Auburn today when that happened. And they had. And uh, like Jason pointed out, the, of course, the one with Patrick Nix threw the touchdown pass to, to Frank Sanders to win the game in 94. That was one of the really dramatic wins you'll ever cover. And... Uh, Damon Duval's field goal getting blocked in uh, the force overtime, and no, actually, it was blocked in name only because it was about two feet off the ground. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I saw and I saw Florida beat Auburn fifty-one to ten. So in nineteen ninety-six, which was a great Florida team. So I've been I've been there a, a number of times, and it's, I've I've seen some big Auburn wins, but mostly I've seen the opposite. Auburn goes into this game as a, a slight favorite, three-point favorite. Guys, I want to go around the table as we end the uh, roundtable here. How do you see this game transpiring? Any any final score predictions? Uh, if not, of course, people go to auburn.247sports.com and read our fearless forecasters predictions on Friday. I'll uh, start with you, Philip. How do you see this one going? I think that Florida is going to come out. I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of energy in that stadium. And that Florida will come out really playing with a great deal of, of passion, and uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Florida 
gets off to a fast start. Uh, but I, I think in the end, Auburn will, 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 is, is, if Auburn holds on to the ball, doesn't turn it over, they are, uh, I think they're a better team. And, uh, and in the end, we'll find a way, but I think it's going to be a close game. I, I don't want to pick a score yet, but I would say that, uh, it would be less than a touchdown if I was guessing. Yeah, for me, I I, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in the the teens, but I I don't think either team's going to get to the thirties either, unless there's a rash of turnovers. But I just when I break it down, I just have a hard time seeing Florida scoring a bunch of points against this Auburn defense. Yeah. Unless, like Keith said, unless they can run the football like they haven't really done to this point, if they can find something different in a running game. But normally for Auburn, normally those games and those teams, other than Georgia, have been because they've had a running quarterback. And Kyle Trask is not that guy. He's not a guy that's going to make a ton of plays with his legs. And so, for me, I look at it as as a lower scoring game. But I I I just I like the makeup of this Auburn team. I kind of like the way they're doing things. And you know, if they can take the next step, and if they can continue to do that, then then I think this is a team that goes on the road and gets another win. Well, I think I think for Florida, this is going to be probably the biggest home game since Urban Meyer's been there. They haven't had a ton of great teams since then. A few, I think, three ten win teams or four ten win teams since then. But uh, remember, they play Georgia and Jacksonville, so they don't have that electric uh, atmosphere for that game like at a home game. It's a different kind of electricity. Uh, so the biggest game probably since two thousand nine. Uh, at home for Florida, so the place is going to be nuts. You guys have been there; you know what it's like there when they're when they're good and and they're playing a big team. So then you're right; they're going to have to be. That's going to be something Auburn's going to have to battle. And early on, uh, it's just going to be a palpable electricity. But at the end of the day, I, again, I look at it like you all. I just see too many advantages for Auburn. Not big advantages, but little advantages here and there. A few big ones, uh, but Florida's got some advantages too. Um, but overall, on paper, it just looks like that that the Auburn's balance on offense to me, is probably going to be the difference. Uh, but I'm thinking 24-20 in that range. I do think it's going to be close. It may not be. You never know with these games. I mean, a few plays don't go your way, and it's uh, and it's not close, or don't go the other team's way. But I'm thinking 24-20. Uh, and Florida, uh, excuse me, Auburn's ability to run the ball in the fourth quarter, to me, is going to be the difference. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game in the 20s. Uh, I, I think – Florida wins this game if they're plus two in turnover margin. Um, if if they can win the turnover battle by a couple and set the, themselves up for some shorter fields and sc- more scoring opportunities, I think they can win it. But um, with the way Auburn's playing right now, uh, I don't know if you can slow them down enough offensively to keep them from scoring a few touchdowns and also that defense is playing so well right now. I think the only concern is – if Auburn's unable to get pass pass rush on Kyle Trask for some reason, they let him to throw that that'll be a big, 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 big danger for Auburn. But I still like Auburn. They've it seems like they've got all the big advantages that you need. And like you guys said, it, they're advantages, but they're not big. When I say big advantages, I just say, you know, when you look at offensive line, defensive line, Auburn's got the advantage. Um, you know, you look at receivers versus corners, and you look at the linebackers and. The quarterbacks. Um, I like Auburn in this one, in a close one. But if Auburn turns the ball over, uh, it'll be a completely different ball game. Florida will feed off that, and you know it could t- turn the other way uh, real quickly. So we'll see. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the roundtable podcast. Thanks to Jason, Philip, 
and Keith. I'm Brandon Marcello. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.